You're listening to WWVU FM in Morgantown. Morgantown. Hey all, come by the Mountain Lair on Tuesday, February 14th, from 10 to noon, to hear the sports staff talk about all kinds of stuff: live interviews with coaches, live trivia, prizes and giveaways, and so much more. The Moose's Pledge Your Love event is happening from Monday, February 13th at noon, and ending on February 14th at midnight. To get more info, head to united2themoose.com and click on the donate button. Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform, where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page, Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussion. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. The Don Plitzawide era begins this season for Mountaineer women's basketball. Hear all the play-by-play here on U92. Here's Dean Southeen driving down low, looking for the whip. Count it! And the foul! Oh, what a bucket! Tie game with the free throw to go! Coverage of every single home game for Mountaineer women's basketball with pregame coverage beginning 30 minutes before tip-off here on 91.7 FM, U92TheMoose. U92 the moose. that long welcome in it's beat the clock it, good lord was it hard to do that today fellas and anisa yeah. as we are all here um long long night last night <laughs> for all of us i think a brutal one for the 92ers coming off of a really bad loss yeah brutal. Again. Hey, this one's on me uh, hey hold on let me hey, tell hey, let me, you let don't me, do that to yourself man right you don't do that <laughs> let, let me tell him who's here you all gotta right? blame someone else you can't take all uh, the blame in yourself. the words of zach Eady, you know there's more than one play there's more than <laughs> hey, one player all right. I'm a team player i'm a team first listen guy. it's tanner here anisa's there sean's over there asleep brian's here yep. and the other tanner's here that one's mount i'm lambert okay welcome in let's beat the clock uh brian yeah that loss was not on you last night over at the student rec facility hey, i gotta be better though you know Set, set the tone more. You know, uh, in my opinion, if we were not signed up to play in the D two basketball, yeah. league, <laughs> we might be we might be able to fare a little bit better. Yeah, we did lose a sportsmanship point yesterday, though. Really? Yeah, we got three out of four. Or the other team did. They got a three too. So. Oh my! I, okay. They were they were chirping me. I I I, I don't like to talk that Probably much, me. but. <laughs> Listen, it was a very physical game last physical. night. Um, I was not expecting it to look like the Iowa State West Virginia game. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. 
You had Brian getting laid out. Yeah, Mounds got laid Mounds out. Mounds took three charges. Yeah. I took one, too. He fell flat on the floor. <laughs> no, that, yeah. <laughs> felt really right, bad. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Tansky was getting... He might be getting it worse. Yeah, Tansky I've never was, seen Tansky mad. I don't it was blame a him. very weird thing I'm, to see. I'm very sore this morning. I'm very, very sore. <laughs> My knee's killing me. It's really... It's actually really sore. Are you going to take a Udonis Haslam on? <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. I'm good. I'll play through it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, one of you's got to run the lineups next week. I won't be there. Uh, well, it won't be my responsibility. I'll uh, tell well, you that right now. I know uh, Jacob has a plan to do a more of like a five-in, five-out type. Uh, not coming off the floor again. <laughs> I didn't uh, take you off the floor last I night, but for That's two minutes saying. when not, you told me. I'm not coming off the floor. Yeah, we got to go all four. Five-in and five-out? That doesn't I, work. We'll I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll work see. work in basketball. Uh, I mean... I don't know. We gotta right, get something whatever. going here. That's a conversation for not on the air. Um, That's right, sure. Good lord. Okay. <laughs> well, we've had a crazy week here. Um, West Virginia beats Iowa State. Pretty fun. Mount, you were there. Yeah, we were I here. Was, um, Anise was there. That was one of the um, both ways weirdest officiating that I've seen oh, on how yeah. a tale of two halves of. You know, I I think. They had the mindset coming out of halftime, the officials, that is, of we're going to take control of this game. And all of a sudden there were 12,000 under four minutes of the first uh, or the second half. Um, West Virginia was shooting. <laughs> they were already in the bonus with 16 minutes to go. So, I mean, that's coming off the first half where both teams couldn't get a whistle um, at all. They hit the paint, be absolutely just smacked uh, by two, three guys and – couldn't get a whistle, so I think, it, and it created some chippiness down low. It created a lot of, you know, hostile energy towards the officials, towards the other team, and I, I, I truly believe that the officials probably had a conversation at halftime saying, "Hey, we're going to take control of this game," um, and <laughs> they definitely did in the second half because it was whistle after whistle, and it was it was a tough tough second half to watch. But towards the end, then it got exciting. Yeah, yeah, the little hand motion there. Yeah, the. Uh... Huddle up, or is that man to man? I don't know which, which. It has to be some kind of defensive signal because, like, the the time that they do it most is on like on a free defensive throw. free throw to make sure yeah. everyone's like on the same page. It has to be some kind of defense. It was definitely a rough game. Um, I was sitting up there with Luke Blaine, and him and I edge of our seats the entire time. And some of those calls, we were trying. You know, when you're in the press box, you can't really show a bias towards either team. But we're sitting there, and for both of these teams, when they were getting no calls, we looked at each other and we're like, what's going on right now? And it especially came the confusion when um, Emmett Matthews Jr. got hit in the face with um, Robert Jones' shoulder, and he was down on the ground, literally curled in a ball, and everything was still playing around him. Like Nobody made a move to stop the game at all, and he was just holding his face, and it was just a very, very weird officiating game now i will say for that one play like so the reason that they didn't stop is because they were on the attack like if they would have just like passed it out to the perimeter and kind of like held the ball then they would have stopped it but it was coming off a screen um and then there's a loose ball so you can't blow it dead then which the loose ball actually hit him while he was on the ground bounced off of him (laughs) but then like the entire time that iowa state was attacking so the officials aren't supposed to blow the whistle to stop it and take away a team's attack. I mean, it's a really unfortunate thing. I mean, it finally but, stopped after yeah. got, after they got the rebound. Yeah. Um, but if they would have like been p- just passing around the perimeter, then yeah, they probably would have blown the whistle. But the fact that they were like driving with it, like I kicking know, out for shots, like, it was 
it's weird to me. Like, I no, I get what you're saying, but if he was right in the middle of it, like if he had been on the perimeter, I understand not stopping it, but he was right in the middle of everything, and it kind of created a hazard. But yeah, it's you, okay. You know, when you talk move about on. Uh, Iowa as a team had 30 rebounds. They had 30 fouls too. West Virginia as a team had 23 rebounds. They had 19 fouls. So you're almost getting a foul a rebound for one for one in that. Well, game. that's that's a, the start of the second half was literally there was yeah, no, we had seven a fouls. little over like if you average the possessions and fouls, there was a little over one foul a pos- possession, it's, which is an insane like you can't play a basketball game like that. It's yeah. Stevenson fouled out, and then Iowa State had three different players foul out. Uh, the uh, Taman Lipsy. Uh, Osun, Osuni, and then Robert Jones, they all fouled out. And then they had uh, another guy with four in Caleb Grill. So, I mean, Iowa State had almost their entire starting rotation fouled out in that game. Stevenson fouled out fairly early, especially because he'd been taken off the floor for a while, too. And so to see him come back and foul out like that, he had eight points or eight points on Wednesday, I should say. Uh, but they were still able to get it done. Uh, without him putting 34 on the board or something wild like that. Just an overall really, yeah, odd game. Um, Sean, it was kind of like that game we did, the last women's game we did, where there was, you know, four fouls in the first minute and a half coming yeah. out of a break. Yeah, in the second uh, quarter, the yeah. Quarter, right, quarters and women's, but halves and men's. But same thing, you come out of halftime, and it's like, yeah, you know, everybody makes adjustments, including the referees, and now you're going to officiate it and – Call uh, forty nine thousand. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, yeah, and it, that's an incredibly high yeah. number. <laughs> and like how we saw in that women's game, it really just disrupted both teams' flow, and they couldn't really, uh, you know, play up to either of their tempo with it constantly being stopped, and with play being stopped only to resume for a little bit until another stoppage comes and everything. So yeah, no, it's uh, definitely was interesting to watch. Uh, I could only imagine how irritated it must have been being there from like a fan's perspective because you know i'm sure things were being said to the refs the entire time i know i would be up there chirping as a fan if I, that constantly kept happening yeah going into the tunnel at halftime the refs were being booed like it was pretty loud during that um but i don't know just a weird interesting game put on by the mountaineers i mean they won it was pretty good oh, yeah, no. they needed that ranked win it's another chip off the block trying to get to the NCAA tournament, but... Yeah, and a lot of those fouls weren't shooting fouls, you know. 49 fouls in the game and only 54 free throws in the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they also, I mean, we've seen before in games they haven't made free throws, but uh, against Iowa State, they made 26 for 31 yeah, from the yeah. line. I, I would take that. Yeah, instead of for the game, gotta make shots, gotta make free throws. Down the stretch, Joe hit some big free throws for us. Is that, the, is that the first time you said that, Mounts? No, it's not. I just He said it going into this one. I thought it was going to be the difference in the game, and you see it was. Yeah, we talked about it on Wednesday when you weren't here, how uh, Huggins has kind of changed his style of coaching to adapt a little bit more to the modern age. And I, I think that that's true. You know, we talked about how he put Eric Stevenson on the phone with Mike Gassney, the GM of the Cavs, and that sort of thing, just to give these guys a little bit of a different perspective with what they're doing, because hearing the same voice all the time isn't always effective, right? And you remember, we look back and we see the coaching change that happened. Larry Harrison, his longest tenured assistant since he was back at the University of Cincinnati. 
gets fired and Huggins says it really wasn't in his hands and that sort of thing and they bring in a much younger uh, assistant coach and it, it, it's been a difference since that point I would say you're back at four and seven in big 12 play right now and you're certainly in, in position to go make a tournament bid um, Mountaineers are five and two since he left right yeah is that the number yeah no that's, uh, I saw it on Twitter the other day that's I mean, they're five and two in the last seven. I knew that. But. A couple of ranked wins too that are helping. I mean, they got five top fifteen wins this season. And so, you know, I, I said the other day, you told me right. We all said at the beginning of the year the goal for this team is probably to make the tournament, but we yeah. don't know what's going to happen with this team. And uh, fifteen and nine and four and seven, you'd be like, well, that I guess it, that's not a great conference record. And you're like, well, the Big Twelve is probably going to be good. And then. Fifteen and nines, eh, but seven of those are conference losses. And now you come here and look at it, and you say four and seven, the Big Twelve. That's like seven and two in any other. Or yeah, nine I, and two in any other. Career. I actually just saw something on Twitter today. Um, the most quadrant one games played by team. Yeah. The top. I'll read you the top six, and you tell me if you see a theme. Uh, number one with fifteen, Kansas. Number t- tied for two. Iowa State and West Virginia with 14. Tied for fourth, Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas with 13. <laughs> yeah. So all Big 12 teams. All Big 12 yeah. teams are in the top six of Quadrant 1 games played. Um, and, I mean, it doesn't get easier. If you look at every Big 12 uh, schedule to close it out, it does not get any easier. Um, West Virginia has to go on the road, a bunch play run- West Virginia, ranked teams. They, they've got the number one toughest schedule left in the country, I think, and they've played the sixth toughest it's, this season. It's insane, but it might it might be the third hardest. It's either the first or the third. I don't remember off the top. No, they needed this one because, I mean, that I was to me watching the game. Iowa State was the better team. Um, We were just able to get to the line more, and I think we made our, you know, like Huggins said, shooting from the lines is so important in college basketball. Free throw line, three point line, Um, and I think we beat them in both of those not only in total but percentage as well i don't have the box score yeah we shot 84 percent. they shot 79 percent. yeah and all that to get a five point win and we would have been down one had they made the the open layup at the end so like this is one that like things finally that was a wild play yeah he thought he he was going for the foul and uh i forget who's on the play yeah Yeah, but he like pulled the chair out from underneath him great play and he was kind of out of control then but um yeah like this is one that it seemed like things finally fell our way in a close game um, where we've had a bunch that we probably should have won that we didn't. This is one that you could say, and eh, we probably shouldn't have won this one, and we did. So I think this is a big one for them to get because it was at home. They need to defend it. They needed another ranked win to kind of – because you know with this tough schedule, you're going to have <laughs> quite a few more losses coming up. Um, yeah, so okay. like this is a great one to get. Yeah, this team, again, they've got an insanely tough schedule. Uh, and they've played an insanely tough schedule. Uh, tomorrow they'll be at the Moody Center down there in Texas, uh, number five in the country. Although Texas just lost, right? Yeah. So then it's a little Texas trip. On Monday night they'll play Baylor, and then they come back on Saturday next week. So they get a mini buy, right? They get four or five days off there. I mean, they're probably not going to be off, but you're not playing a game on Wednesday and turning around playing on Saturday. However, turning around playing on Monday is not easy. Uh, and then on Saturday you come home and you play Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. So then you get a two-game homestand before you go to Brian's favorite place in the world, and that's the Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a uh, 
wild schedule, and that's not even to close it out. You got two more tough games then after that. Um, but I, I think at this point, you've gotten kind of back into it, right? And, and so now you definitely just have to take it one game at a time, right? There's no way you can be looking ahead at this point. Now you can look at Texas tomorrow, and this Mountaineer team can say, well, when they were here at the Coliseum, that was a winnable game, and we just didn't do the good thing or the small things right and weren't able to pull that one out, and Texas was able to win it. And so now tomorrow you got to go in there and do the you know, small things and the little things correctly, and you could very easily win that game, I think. Yeah, no, uh, again, with how weird the season has been, you know, they start conference play on that big loss streak, and now they've won five of their last seven. Uh big thing for them is as it as it has been all year is that everything's ahead of them like they like they just go out there and take care of business they have a shot and you know that just comes down to how they prepare and how they uh, play on the court but uh they've really responded to uh the adversity they face at the beginning of uh you know the hole they dug themselves in uh, so it'd be interesting to see uh, if they keep up the pressure there because, again, they have a shot and to take care of business, uh, it could be something special or it just could be something fun to watch. Yeah, I went into the press conference after the game and, you know, Coach Huggins was there and somebody actually asked him, how do you get yourself back into a place where you think, you know, you're good enough? And he verbatim said, we dug ourselves a hole. We're going to dig ourselves out of it. Like So this is exactly what they're doing right now. They're stacking these wins, these ranked wins, and they're slowly building themselves back up and trying to become a better team than what they've been in the past few months that we've seen. I mean, I also asked Emmett Matthews Jr., I was like, how do you guys think that you're doing chemistry-wise? Like, It looks like you guys are flowing more cohesively on the floor as compared to a December game when they were all over the place. And he said exactly, you know, we have good chemistry. We hang out outside of, you know, practice and outside of games and we do stuff together. And it's just kind of knowing these guys and knowing how they all act. So then you can kind of get into their heads and realize what they're going to do and then what you can do next. So I think they're really starting to come together and become the team that they want to be and that we know that they can be because that performance that they put on, against Oklahoma on Saturday is what the Mountaineers should be doing every single game this season. We know they're capable of it, and they just weren't doing it until then. So I just need to – I think they need to just continue doing that down the road against Texas, Baylor away, and come back to Morgantown and sort of wrap up the schedule. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say – Going back to just like kind of like this team like had a, like they dug themselves into a couple holes like look into the games themselves like the specific games, um, there's been a bunch of games like recently like Trey Mitchell's been kind of quiet. Oh, look at UConn. Yeah, they yeah exactly. But um, I think what a good thing about this team is and when our top players like Trey Mitchell and obviously Eric didn't have Eric got hurt but he didn't have his like you know 34 point for, point performance against Iowa State but there's been other guys stepping up so like I can only imagine how this team's going to look when like everyone's at playing at their best like the same and the, and that doesn't happen all the time your your five stars aren't going to play amazing every single game but if all five of them are on the same page one game and Eric's hitting his threes and we got Trey going in the paint this this team can really beat anybody in the Big 12 in the country yeah you know I remember back at the beginning of the year um, 
I think it might have been the night that it was the Bowling Green exhibition. I was at the press conference after that one. And one of the other um, media members there asked Huggins, what do you think this team could look like if they're, you know, fully healthy and moving along in January? And he goes, well, when's the last time I had a fully healthy team? It doesn't happen, and that sort of thing. But, I mean, really, they're fairly healthy right now. So if that can stay consistent for them and they go down to Texas, I think if they split these one and one uh, that uh, you come home still fairly happy, um, especially if you beat Texas. I mean, if you beat Texas, I don't know if you can go lose to Baylor, especially after what happened here. Um, I don't know. You know, the the big thing is there's not that many guys on this team that were here last year that play a lot of minutes, right? Like Keedy does. Um, Seth Wilson, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, Seth Wilson, good. but, like, solid, solid minutes every game. You know, there's games where you see Seth Wilson come in, hit five threes. Yeah. And the next game he plays a minute and a half, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but, I, you know, it's the – I think that Huggins would like to beat Jalen Bridges. I know yeah. that's his guy. But uh, – I mean, you want to get the students involved. Yeah. You go beat Jalen Bridges down there in Waco. You feel a little bit better <laughs> about it, too. Um, real quick, support the Moose by pledging your love this Valentine's Day. Uh, United to the Moose will be bringing you 36 hours of consecutive programming of music, sports, and public affairs starting at noon, Monday, February 13th. That's this Monday here in two days. And running until midnight on Tuesday to cap it off on Valentine's Day. The sports staff, that's us here, we will be having our sports block during this 36-hour marathon on Tuesday, live from the Mountain Lair. So if you're a student and you want to come check us out, we will be at the Mountain Lair. Um, I think it's going to be right across from the Witch Witch, if I'm not mistaken, and we will have speakers set up and a table set up. We'll have prizes, we'll have giveaways, we'll have live trivia. We will also be interviewing Coach Randy Mazie of the baseball team, Coach Dan Stratford of the men's soccer team, and Coach Nikki Izzo-Brown of the women's soccer team. Uh, so come and stop by and say hi to us. You can get some stickers and some other cool stuff. we got some giveaways. It'll be fun. Uh, and so we will be live in the Mountain Lair from 10 a.m. to noon on Tuesday, uh, and please, if you can and you want to learn more, uh, go to United2TheMoose.com and click on the Donate button. Again, that's United2TheMoose.com and click on the Donate button to help out the Moose this Valentine's Day during our pledge drive. Uh, all right, we can keep talking about this team. I just wanted to throw that in there really quickly. I think that one of the other things about it that makes it very, very interesting to me is when you look at the Big 12 standings, right, and you see what they're lining up to be, there's a lot of teams that are 7-4, and four, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying West Virginia is going to be able to catch them as far as the seeding goes, but if West Virginia doesn't have to play in that you know first-round game where it's the bottom two teams to go on to play, Kansas is who it looks like right now, I'd assume it ends up being then I think you kind of are rolling the dice there, but we've seen that they've played fairly consistent against every single team in this conference, and when you look back at it, it's a couple free-thirds away from being 7-4 and four in the conference rather than 4-7. and seven. Um, So, Brian, let's talk, or everybody, but uh, Brian, you go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the matchup you'd like to see to start off that Big 12 tournament? You know, there's still a lot of basketball left, but... Um, from what we've seen from this team as of late, if it were to start today and they're going to play in Kansas City, what 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 would what 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 is the matchup you want? 
So you're saying like right now, based on where we're standing, or just where I yeah, where where you think this team matches up the best to move on in the Big Twelve tournament? Which team would you want to play first? Because I don't think it's a very easy answer. Yeah, I mean, obviously the I definitely don't want to see Kansas or Baylor, uh, Kansas or Texas probably, maybe even Kansas State. I mean, I say I say if we see Iowa State again, we could definitely beat Iowa State. Oh, West Virginia could definitely beat Iowa State again. Same with TC. I mean, that's the thing though about the Big Twelve. You really on any night, any any game's winnable, you know. Right. So and in Kansas City, obviously, you know, it helps out Kansas the most because Kansas is the closest there, which isn't really shocking. But um, <laughs> um, I, honestly, I I think they they can really beat anybody in this league. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see him play Kansas again because I think that first one was not how yeah. it was, you know, gonna go. But then, I mean. You guys, we've said it before, but shooting seven for seven from three to start a game, nobody does that. That doesn't happen often. Mounts, you've never seen that, right? Seven for seven to start a game? Not in a college game. Maybe maybe a March Madness team got streaky once, but nothing stands out. No. Right, not on a uh, random Saturday in, in January. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I, I want to see how that game goes in Lawrence again because I think they can play him tighter. It's just, can you stop, you know, Grady did. And Jalen Wilson, too. Yeah. Yeah. Although Texas did a great job of stopping Jalen Wilson. Yeah, that's why the thing about Kansas that impresses me was Jalen Wilson had two points, and they still found a way. I, I can't think of their point guard's name off the top of my head, but he was – they got a tough team there. If, going, if we can get a win – if West Virginia going to win in Lawrence, I mean, that would pretty much – That locked up the tournament spot. Yeah. I think they same thing in Austin. Uh, when they go play Texas. Yeah, if they can win in Austin, I don't think, I think they have a different either. Very that would be well that would be four top fifteen teams and obviously Texas is top five like that's a, no we got, they got five top fifteen wins oh yeah, yeah. West Virginia does oh yeah I was I was thinking because they have a couple in the last two weeks or whatever but yeah no yeah no because you had uh, you know TCU um, Auburn I think it's just Iowa four State. is it four Iowa it's State four. okay yeah. sorry I thought it was five I don't know uh, I mean that's including Auburn that's kind of falling off yeah. But. They were top 15 at the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's a quad one win. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, too, that we have not mentioned about this Big 12 conference yet is the fact that the average net ranking is 27, and the next closest is 55. Uh, so, you know. Best, best, best. Uh, that kind of matters. Best league I think in the country. That's the metric you can go yeah. look at where it's like, oh, this team is, uh, it's, it's for real. Or this conference, excuse me, is. I mean, the net, net average is 27. You get six to 18 teams in the country right now, and West Virginia's receiving votes. If they win, if they split these next two, they'll be ranked on Monday. Yeah, and you're, yeah. you're at an arguably the best team in the country next year, too. So we'll, we'll see. What, yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, but they're, I don't know if they'll be as good right away because they're so experienced right now. They got a bunch of seniors on that team. But, I mean, they're still. A deep squad. Yeah, so. we we also saw over the night. I know none of us has really looked at our phones yet, as we all woke up like an hour ago. Um, let's beat the clock on U ninety two. Um, the Big Twelve finalized the deal with Texas and Oklahoma. Sean, did you read it, or Anissa? Did you read it? Yeah, I read it. Yeah, I did read it. Yeah, they yeah. um. You seem too tired, Sean. A hundred million dollar buyout exit plan from both Oklahoma and Texas. That's what they owe the Big Twelve for leaving. So they were going to leave in 2025 to go to the SEC, but now they're leaving, not in this season, next season, to go there. Right. 
And mm, they're, I think the Big 12, I think what they said, I looked at it like maybe like 2 a.m. this morning. Just picked up my phone. Why would you be awake when you know you got to come here at 7? Because I just woke up. Beat the I, clock in these stuff. I just woke up. Like, oh. you wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I just looked at my phone. And I what just... they were saying is that they're trying to actually become a 12-team conference and not, you know, the big 14, what's it's going to be next year. Oh, my. If they had the choice, <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's no way Texas and Oklahoma would be leaving if the big 12 had the choice. They'd be the big 14. They don't yeah, care. no. So they're trying to get back to $100 million buyouts, big 12. All they got? Between the both of them, yeah. Total? Yeah, that's it. Do you realize that's what a Big Ten team makes annually for yeah, their media rights deal? It's literally like pennies in a bucket for Texas. Like, they don't care. They literally do not care. They're I, I like, think that, that, they're like, okay, I'm gonna write this check and be done with it. Like, they could not care less. They want out of this conference. That's what's so frustrating. I think because I think the Big Twelve is a very good basketball conference, right? And all of these other things, and I, I, I really do like the teams that are in it. The only reason the Big Ten's media rights deal is so high is because of Ohio State, Michigan, if they're and, not and in Penn that, State football. Me, Penn State football is like West Virginia, though, to a point where it's so regional that Penn State is like a third tier. Yeah, but you want you want Penn State's meteorites for their whiteout for their yeah. Well, yeah, no, I like, get that. Like, like you want to be able to air those but, things. But those are you could get put views. them in the Big Twelve, and we wouldn't get much more money a year. The Big Twelve wouldn't. Like it, it's Ohio State football who averages twenty million viewers a game. And Michigan football, who's right there behind them. Oh, yeah. More people watch Big Ten football. It's just... Well, yeah, it's the Midwest thing. and But, like, if you go look at the Big Ten West, it's not it's not always good football. Let's, let's just be honest about it. Like, I mean, it's old school football. Yeah, no, I right. But, like, sorry, I enjoy watching Big Ten football. I, I'm saying that, like, the quality of the team, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no it's terrible. Not like, always. the football games are fun, but... <laughs> I think that it's just so frustrating because Big 12 teams, they're going to make, like, I think $35 million a year on their media rights deal per team in the Big 10, and they're adding USC and UCLA, which that changes media rights deal a little bit more. But before that, they're already making $100 million a year off of media rights, which to me is like, okay, fine. Then let's go to two super conferences and you just got to hope to God that West Virginia gets put in one of the two because then those media rights deals are going to be insane. And you, because think about it, if you gave $100 million a year annually to a school like this rather than what they're getting now, what they could do would be so much more. Because, you know, it, it still you wouldn't know, be on. You don't have 75,000 students like Ohio State does. Yeah, but you still wouldn't be on TV that much because with two super conferences, the. I don't care about being on TV, but, but like, if you have $100 million a year to spend on stuff around your school, you can make things better. And then if your team, in turn, gets better, then it doesn't matter. Does that money go to the school or does it go to the conference? No, they – okay, so, like, the Big Ten media rights deal is so big, annually each team takes home $100 million. Besides Rutgers, because they took a loan from the Big Ten, and Maryland <laughs> did too, to enter the conference, so they're paying that back. A percentage of their hundred million, but like, if West Virginia was in that deal and you could get a hundred million dollars a year here, I think that changed the way campus looks a little bit, guys. Uh, I just looked at it. They reached a deal, WVU extended Big Twelve media rights deal through twenty thirty one, six years, two point three billion. 
Uh-huh. So you're looking at 383 million a year. That's not right. I'm 2.3 billion divided by six. Yeah, but I think that's for the entire Big Twelve. Oh. There's no way they're making 383 million a year from media rights. That there's no way. Maybe it is the entire conference, but this is reported from WV Sports. All right. Yeah, look into that more. There's no way that's the number. Because I know for a fact in the Big Ten they're taking like 100 a year. Yeah, it says in October the conference brokered a new okay. six-year media so rights deal. So conference is getting two point. Right. The you're getting 300. So, so they're sport- letting they're getting less than um, 100. What are you saying? They're- yeah, the Big 12, they're splitting that among 10, 12 teams over yeah. this. Eight- so were you saying that WVU is getting $100 million No, I'm saying getting- in the Big 10 they do. Oh, okay. But West Virginia could go in there and, and be Indiana football. So I was saying it'd be nicer to be in the Big 10 for that reason because $100 million a year I don't think could so. do a lot. I don't see the appeal in the Big 10 because you'd go it's in. It's $100 million a year. You'd go in and get absolutely beat. If you every go in the single... West, you won't. You go in the West, you could be Illinois and go lose to Michigan in the Big Ten Championship every year. Yeah, but you have to look at the bigger picture. You have to look at the entire conference. Yeah, I, I no, I get that. But, I mean, you have Texas and Oklahoma in this conference for the last couple of years. Oklahoma's made the playoffs. Yeah, and now Texas they're leaving. Is a good example. TCU this year. Right. And so now your conference has even less to leverage because you have a bunch <laughs> of teams that finish – Seven and five, eight and four, nine and three. So wait, are you saying you would want them in the Big Ten? I would love for West Virginia to go to the Big Ten. No. Uh, I guess, all, I guess so they're going to go with the two yeah. big super conferences eventually, so that's what they'd have to but, decide on. But like, I don't if know. you put them in the Big Ten, and my hope would be Pitt would go too. And even if Pitt doesn't go, Columbus is three hours away. Penn State's three hours away. Uh, you have Do you lot- enjoy, like, would you enjoy losing every year? <laughs> I'm saying you have more of a chance if you have more money to put I guess, I guess, here. and it would, you know, that money does go a long way. And we've seen already, like, how much it's helped the facilities and everything. And that right. helps and gets it's, recruits it's and everything. It's a third of what they're I don't know. I would, schools. Yeah, they're making I would 32 just, million. <laughs> yeah, 32 million a year compared I'd to get about 100. I'd real sick of watching Ohio State real Oh, no, I, I agree. I don't know. I always thought. I, I, think I, I guess because it does always seem like it's going to move to those two big super conferences. Do you but, want to be left out, or do you want? to Yeah, be left? I know. So they have to. That's what I'm saying. I know, but I guess just the. I mean, the past few years, I've always would like to. I've always wanted them to go to the ACC, but I that con- But the, but the way the conferences are moving, it's gonna <laughs> ACC is gonna have to be bought out pretty soon. Yeah. Because I do think it'll be those two big super conferences, right? Sooner rather than later, especially with the fact that the Big Ten got USC and UCLA. Like I, I yeah, thought that the, was kind of unprecedented. The, the Pac-12 is going after uh, San Diego State, and uh, I don't even remember the other yeah. one. That's what, that's how great they are. Uh, yep. Does nobody know? I don't. Remember. So it's just that's just going to be Oregon. They're going to save somebody else to get back to be the Pac-12. Then they're going to go negotiate a new media rights deal, and then Oregon's going to leave. It's yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be yeah. Oregon's going to take the money. Then they're going to all right. Hey, <laughs> Big Ten, you need another right. Need another powerhouse. That, that's the thing. Like both commission. Well, there's not even a commissioner of the Big Ten currently, by the way. Yeah, um, I know. Yep. And they're just you know continuing to chug along. Because uh, when you yeah. have the best teams, that's what happens. So you would rather Big Ten than the best brands, I say, 
SEC. I, I just because big... I think it would make even less sense for them to go to the SEC. Because well, you know, <laughs> we talk about how weird it is there in the Big 12. And... Missouri's in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I I think the Big Ten gives you more regional rivalries and more regional games you can go to. That's why. That's, yeah. I, I'm not I saying you're going to win point. them. But... You can at least build something there. Right. And you're going to have a lot more money to put back into things. And you can't tell me that wouldn't hurt. No, it wouldn't. you got to see something different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking more revenue can't be a bad thing. That's all I'm saying. No. And, and with the way everything is going, yeah, the, you see, you know, college football coaches, like Mike Norvell just got a new contract uh, down there at Florida State. He went from, like, $4.5 million to $8 million a year. Uh, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, he's been there three years. He's had four different contracts. Right, so like, don't tell me these media right deal contracts can't be ripped up and they can write a new one every time a new team enters the fold. And I think yeah. the Big Tens has a provision for Notre Dame specifically about an escalator to how much more that would. It'd be interesting to see what they do when right. they have to join a conference eventually. Because they're going to. Like, if I'm, if I'm, yeah, the Big just, Ten, but the I only don't... reason why they can is because of the NBC deal. Right. If, if it's if the I'm only the... reason why NBC's not going to give that up. If I'm the Big Ten, I'm not. I'm not scheduling Notre Dame anymore. I wouldn't do it. And then you force them to join you. Because now that means they can't schedule SC. And they can't play Southern Cal every year. Mm, uh, yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I, what I'm you know, the Big Ten, they have a lot of really, really big brands, right? Because it's the Midwest and it's how it goes. So, that's what makes you the money. Although, the problem, West Virginia is just not that big of a place population-wise, right? No. It's a, it's a big area, but population-wise, it's the size of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So that makes it a little harder to be that national brand like Ohio State. But I don't think more money could hurt. Uh, we can talk about the NBA now, if you want to, Brian. Oh, yeah, I mean, the deadline was crazy. Was uh, it? It was crazy. I don't want to talk about... Uh, a certain player, but let's go. Let's talk. I mean, uh, yeah, on. one Mohammed Bahama. The Orlando I Magic. I know what. What was the move? What was the point behind that? Because they're gonna. It's buy looking out. like they're mostly gonna buy him out. For so Mo Bamba? Pa- Pap Everly. They're gonna buy out Pap. Everly. Yeah, they got cash. Okay. And a second round pick. And, and honestly, Mo Lake, Bamba was not playing. Lakers. Lakers fans that. are hilarious because I just saw a lot yesterday when that happened. I was like, oh. Another Orlando Magic Center going to the Heat. We know how that happened the past couple <laughs> times. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it was not satire either. I could promise you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought Lakers. Well, no, yeah, I guess Lakers fans are focused on basketball now. The Cowboys are done. The Yankees don't open up for a while. Like, they still have Duke. <laughs> they still have Duke. So they could, right. they could go between. Duke's that. playing right now too, but they're not very good. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough year for Laker fans. Yeah, well, well we, they have a playoff team now. Do, so. Yeah, you, how, how do we think the Lakers? That's a playoff now. team. With D-Lo? they'll probably they'll probably they have depth though. D-Lo, D-Lo, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, they'll they got a bunch of. Yeah, that's who Sean wanted. I thought in Philly. Yeah, yes. Philly didn't make much moves. Sean, no. That was, Sean was they're saying they lost biggest, the deadline is the craziest thing I've ever heard in the world. <laughs> no, it's Sean's because on Twitter, like Anissa on the deadline. And every on every tweet every tweet I see is who lost the deadline Sixers. What was the worst? Who Are you team makes the worst? Specifically, Sean or just in general? Everyone. Okay, it's like okay. all the Sixers fans. It is because no. Listen, here was my reason why their primary move yesterday was to get under the luxury tax. That's all they wanted to do. And what else th- did you want them to do? 
not do go in for it. You just saw Kyrie. You just saw Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant leave the East. Make a trade. Bolster the roster. With who? Who'd you want to give up? They could have moved anyone. Anyone was a start. Give up Maxi. That's what that's fine. That's fine. They could have done that. The East was they had this. The East is wide open for him. They're best player in the conference. To get rid of their left. best player, to make moves, yeah. Why would why was there makes no sense to make their primary move to be under the tax? It's absolutely embarrassing from ownership. Josh Harris does not care. He is a fraud owner. You're he does not in the care. East, like he, they're third by what? Like two games back from the Celtics? Is that what it three, is? Three, three games back because you got because yeah, you guys just lost to most two. Yeah, like I don't know what you expected them to do. Like. Not try to save salary. Who would you? Who that got traded? Would you have liked them to go after? They could have done a Jared Vanderbilt. Though. That's the biggest thing. They need a backup who center. Would you they give need it up a for? For. They could have done a Thibel trade. He was gone anyway, so at least make that. And they wanted a, teams don't want Thibel. Clearly, they did. The, Dallas wanted him. There was a deal on the table. That was not for someone like complete. Vanderbilt, a backup center. That was just a throwing for a trade for Russell Wilson. I don't know. They, it's absolutely ridiculous. To say they lost the deadline though is insane. Like, like I don't know what Sixers fans were expecting them to do. Because then you know you go show a a commitment for winning and not trying to save a buck. You, it, it makes no sense to try to be under the tax of the way the team's currently constructed. Okay. If, it's if clearly like, cheap. It's you consider cl- that it's, losing the deadline? I don't, it's cheap ownership. That's crazy. Is what that's it is. crazy if you it's consider that losing ownership. the deadline. All I've heard from you before the deadline was, oh, it's Joel Embiid. Oh, it's James Harden. Oh, the Sixers are great. You oh. have that. No, oh. you have that oh. core, and you decide, okay, instead of trying to maximize the potential outcome of that roster, let's try to just but no not one, do no anything. No one was available. I don't Clearly, there was with all the trades that what, happened yesterday. What other star that you wanted to add? Not is a star, you just, just depth said a piece. Star. Not a star. Good role players for once, maybe bolster <laughs> the bench, getting... fire the coach who can't make adjustments. Do something. I don't understand how Sixers owners okay. could look at <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies. Is... Finally, go over the electric tax first time in their franchise. Get within two wins of a world championship. Josh Harris and Daryl Morey think. Daryl Morey thinks. Oh, okay. Let's just duck the tax. It's absolutely ridiculous, and this is why the Sixers are clearly the most unserious team. In the city. They are so You're unserious kidding. about winning, it's insane. You're absolutely kidding me. They right are now, so right? unserious compared to the Phillies, they're, they're, Eagles. They're it's Kawhi so Leonard, insane. They're a Kawhi Leonard bounce off the rim away from Actually, winning. yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. They, that ruined the trajectory of the franchise. It really wait. did. I can't wait for them to go get on a hot streak and claim the one seed and be like, this team's so good. The best <laughs> they are team. still going to lose the in the East. second dude, round. Dude, if the Eagles lose on Sunday, they are still John will not come in here on Monday. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> If we talk about NFL, I have to talk about all these whiny 49ers players. It's getting insane. It's getting insane. But get back to says the whiny 76ers. Yeah, if you want to hear more whining from Sean Tansky, go check him out on Twitter. He's got plenty of things on there. It's just ridiculous. Like, Josh Harris, please sell the team and stop trying to buy the Washington You want better role players. You are going to give up your role players. That aren't good? Yeah, I'll do that. Terrible contracts. Who's going to want them? There's, they're all on Maxine their rookie Han- deals. Merrill, like you want to, the players that you complain about the most are is Montrez Harrell. Sucks. Yes. Who's going to take Montrez Harrell? How, Cut him. 
Just cut him. Yeah, you don't that's, need that's him. Great. That's, yep. that's got great. That's great. You're still there. nobody's gonna sign him on that contract. So then you're cut him. So you he can't him play out. the sport of basketball anymore. So let's boost our bench by cutting one of our bench players. That's, Who stinks? That's yeah, smart. that's smart. They're already gonna that get is, Serge Ibaka. Is, don't even. Oh, that is he's crazy. washed too. <laughs> Well, let's add more role players. Team. Adds a role player. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> Are you awake now? Find quality in trades. It, clearly, you were able to do that yesterday, and they didn't. Is uh, what I'm saying. I just don't know what you wanted them to give up. No, he's mad. He, I think what he's really mad about is the fact that Matt Ishbia buys the Phoenix Suns, gets announced, and 12 hours later, Kevin Durant's a Phoenix Sun. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what you wanted to give up. No, I don't. I, I mean... He wants a good owner is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I do. I and a good what... coach. I would love a good coach. Okay, that's you different gotta... than the trade deadline, though. I think you got a Hall of Fame coach, don't you? Don't. Come Doc on. Doc Rivers. Hall of Fame. Overrated. He is the Sixers will always use their coaches' scapegoat. Always use their coaches' that's scapegoat. That's Philly in general, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, okay. Did you know that Andy Reid's the winningest Philly, Philadelphia Eagles coach in history, and now he coaches the Chiefs and they're <laughs> playing in the Super Bowl? Okay. Did you know that? Yeah, and they got rid of him because he couldn't manage the clock. I was being really sarcastic about any storyline you've ever watched this week about this Super Bowl. I it's have. the Andy Reid and the Kelsey Brothers Bowl. The Kelsey Brothers Bowl is cool, though. I, 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 I'm sick of reading about it. They're, some of the, they're the best personalities in the NFL. It's, it's that awesome. is a very drastic go Together, to together, <laughs> together. Very drastic. Together they are. Like, together I, I prefer the Pat McAfee. What personality? Do you, I've never seen them in the media ever. you got to pay attention to them, then. Because they have a I'm podcast. Not, sorry, I don't make follow you the... like thirty Steelers fans like you do. <laughs> That's not even what it's from. It's mostly from JJ. They, JJ's they, personality. They've got a lot of tweeting that go back and forth. You know, TJ Watt will tweet like a serial or something, and JJ Watt responds to it, and then they respond to each other. Whatever. Fine. We're going to talk about KD for a second. Mm. And uh, you know, Kevin Durant might have been able to be a Sixer, Sean, uh, but he's now a Phoenix Sun instead, Brian. And yeah. What does that mean? Um. Okay. Well, I don't. I, uh, I was. I, when I was just thinking about the trade, like we kind of saw a similar thing when he went to Brooklyn, when everyone thought him, Kyrie and Harden were gonna like be, they're gonna be insane, like franchise whatever. So I, I'm honestly like, obviously it makes him better. It's Kevin Durant, but I'm not honestly I'm not a, I don't think I'm as sold on it as a lot of people are. Um, and I think I, I do think though they didn't they didn't give as much give as much up as a, that I thought they should because we saw the Gobert trade. I think the T Wolves gave up either like three first round picks, maybe four. I thought it was four. Yeah. Maybe yeah, and Kevin Durant for four first round picks. I mean, that's a move you have to make if you're the Suns because players like Kevin Durant aren't always available. Um, so obviously they're one of the best teams in the West, but I I don't know. I, I don't know. Can they stay healthy? Uh, I'm also not really sold on Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton this year as well. But I mean, uh, alone uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant can get you some wins down the stretch. Um, but honestly, a team that I thought had a sneaky good deadline were the Clippers because you, you get Bones Island, you get you get another guard. Obviously, they got rid of John Wall. Uh, you also get Mason yeah, Plumlee. John Wall right back and, to the Rockets. Yeah, that'd be a buyout. And Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, some yeah. three-point shooting. I, I think the Clippers, honestly, are are going to uh, make a run to win the West down the lines of the season. I, I didn't understand the Reggie Jackson tree. Yeah, I like Reggie Jackson. Like, yeah, he was. He, I think he put up like fifteen and something, like fifteen and seven or something. Fifteen. And, yeah, he I was. Mean, I don't solid. know the Clippers that well. I thought they had. They, they still have Zubat. Yeah, they, yeah, Zubat. Yeah, so maybe because they got Bones Highlands. They traded Canard they, too. Yeah, Canard. Like they, they got rid of. Yeah, I don't know. I I was confused. Like, yeah, I was confused by the Clippers. I'd say. That. I think. I wouldn't say it was. They maybe they wanted a better backup big because they yeah. got Highlands because Bones Highland is a pretty good. He, he. I mean, 
the fit in Denver wasn't the greatest for him. He had some clashes with the head coach Mike Malone, but um, I think the Clippers honestly are gonna got had a one of the better deadlines. I don't think they're getting talked about enough. Uh, and also, obviously, I'm a Knicks fan, but I, I like the Josh Hart trade as well because you didn't have to give it up that much because Cam Reddish was just sitting on the bench. So I, I don't know. Honestly, for the Nets, though, going back to the KD trade, obviously you lose Kevin Durant, but I think their young core is a lot better than what people are also giving them credit for because you have Claxton, Cam Thomas, Bridges, Cam Johnson. You have, like, a bunch of guys. Uh, and then you have a million draft picks now. So And um, me and Tanner were talking about it earlier, but, like, then you saw these second-round draft picks go. You saw Jay Crowder get traded for five. Uh, second round draft picks. You saw Gary Payton also get traded uh, back to Golden State, which I, I don't understand why Golden State let him leave in the first place. Because the one, I think the biggest problem with Golden State this year is they didn't have, they were lacking the role players. They also lost Otto Porter. So I mean, overall, it was just a crazy deadline. And obviously, the Suns are probably the big winner of it. But I'm not 100 percent sold on Phoenix in the sense: can they stay healthy? And you know, can they get Chris Paul going a little bit? And DeAndre Ayton, I think, is a little soft. So those are my takes on it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, and obviously Orlando Magic, tough day. Mo Bamba could not have been out of Orlando faster. His U-Haul was packed before the trade went through. He wrote a handwritten note, took a picture of it, put it on Twitter. Okay, I'm sure Kevin. He said, "Thank you, Orlando." Thank you, Orlando. I could do that right now. No, he said. <laughs> he said, "This is the longest I've stayed in a place since I was in elementary school, or something like that." It was kind of like, it was sad. yeah. It was. To be fair, like you know how much I love. Yeah, he Mo was. Bamba. He he had some injuries, and he didn't really like. Orlando's not the best when it comes to player development. They don't really develop their players very well. No offense, Tanner. Um, and if they do, they trade them to the Lakers. You know, he saw with Shaq. So, I'm sorry. I had to bring that up. Uh, Tanner's giving me the death stare right now. But uh, I, I'm just looking at I don't. Uh, well, but Tanner, you, I mean, obviously. You know, wait, wait. All right, okay. fine. You want to do this right now then, pal? Okay. Tell me how they don't develop players, but then tell me how the Orlando Magic have been in the finals more recently than the New York How many Bears. rings do you have? How, how many how, rings? Uh, uh, when was the last time you won a ring? Like Forty years before the Magic were a franchise. You can even say when was the last time one of you guys like draft picks. One of the last times your guys draft picks performed well, <laughs> and they can even hold that over you. <laughs> I mean, we have. I mean, if we're talking about developing players, I'm not. I'm not saying, I never said the Knicks were good at developing players. Honestly, I think they're terrible. You at said no. Players. You said that. You said that. He's saying Orlando. I, I'm just saying they, this is this is what he does though. He tries to come at me about Orlando. <laughs> then I turn around on New York. He's like, "Oh, we suck." Can you guys? Can you? I was gonna say, can you guys just both admit you're? Like, no, I don't. Hey, I'm we're we're in the playoff that. race right now. I just tell him. I just tell him. Well, okay. You want to talk bad about the Magic? I think fine, if you're fine. flexing fine. a Finals appearance, my case is close. Do all those things, but listen, pal. They've still been in the Finals more recently than. than How many? The they, if you didn't win, I nobody just need cares. You guys both to say that you guys are. You poorly you, run organizations. You didn't, you didn't win a Admit damn it. championship I, with Patrick Ewing on the team. I, okay, I, again, I wasn't alive, Tanner. I don't know. I'm just telling you. No, but honestly, you were I'll say they won a ring James Dolan is probably the worst owner in professional sports. All right, he admitted it. No, I can oh, admit I, that the Magic suck. They're terrible. Right, they've had the same Oops. president. No, no, I, I know that. I know the Knicks stink. I know they're better than the Magic this See, year. Look, but. Now look at this. They're coming together. They're coming <laughs> we, together. We bond over our franchise. No, I'm not. Say they're. Great. I know the Knicks are not going to be good till James Dolan sells that franchise. That's not going to happen. He's not going. Well, I knew the building. When I knew he was terrible, <laughs> is when we didn't offer Kevin Durant the max contract the year he went to Brooklyn. That's when I knew, like this. Well, because yeah, Kevin Durant's going to come to New York. Hey, they were talking about on max contract. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what, exactly <laughs> what I'm saying though. Like they didn't even offer Kevin Durant the max contract. I actually wanted to punch a wall. It was frustrating. I mean, honestly, looking in hindsight, maybe it was a good thing we didn't sign Kevin Durant because he probably wanted to leave two minutes after he signed the contract, anyways. <laughs> Kevin Durant wants to come to your team. You say, you give him a check, and you say, here, you write your amount. <laughs> it was supposed to be KD, Kyrie, and Zion, and we ended up with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. 
That wasn't the side Evan Fournier, was it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think that uh, from the Orlando. Oh, former Orlando Magic Evan Fournier. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I like. Okay, he, he went was to better Boston before he went to New York. But he was on the he was on the Magic. He was ni- he was nice in Boston. Yeah, he actually, and then the Knicks. He's not even the rotation he was a starter in Orlando. Is that really hard? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, man, I think you guys saved the NBA because if Bobo and Jokic were on the team and the Nuggets actually let Bobo progress, <laughs> oh, that would be that would have been scary. And I mean, I, honestly, like the Magic, I know I talk smack about the Magic. I honestly like their young core is going to be good. Honestly, it's not going to work out. But yeah, you don't think it's going to work out? No, Paula, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, no, you're not going to get Victor. You guys no, are. Well, look, that's going to get another six ten plus yeah. player on that. He'll <laughs> sit on the bench and go to the Lakers in a couple years. <laughs> What, what? That's that's what I was saying with like all these teams, like just trading bench players. I really don't think they care. Like I think honestly, they're setting themselves up for no. Yeah, I is agree. let's like we're not going to tank, but because of the lottery, you don't have to tank. Like huh. just give ourselves a shot. You know, kind of build like these you know younger rosters, kind of make room for different things, so that if the lottery were to come and we were to scoot up to those top two picks, you're obviously, you know, Victor's supposed to be insane. And then what's the Did second? Did you see the video of him pulling uh, Henderson? Yes. Two yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then Scooter Henderson is like, if Victor wasn't there, like he'd, he'd be, be, the first pick he'd be receiving yeah. all this hype, like maybe not as much, but just beneath it. Like he's yeah. also crazy good. So like you're kind of focusing your team, getting things ready to be like, okay, if we win the lottery, like we're ready. I mean, if not, then – Whatever, we just keep going yeah. from there. But you're, you, I feel like a lot of teams set themselves up to be like, okay, we know we're out of the playoffs. Whatever happens in the lottery, we're setting ourselves up for it. If we were to get one of those to optimize uh, how much we can develop him, how much we can use him, how much we can build around them, um, which I think is a lot of the second-round picks that you got seen thrown around. Um, yeah. A lot of you, like, you're – it was a big, like, bench player. I saw, like, a meme yeah. of, like – I don't know if you guys saw that the, the one meme of like people passing the water bottles at lunch, like back and forth, and everything was like going crazy. It, it was yeah. like you know bench players getting passed around in the NBA right now, um, and that's how it was. It was I got you. role players getting passed around everywhere. And also, yeah, for, I mean, first, really, like for the smaller franchises, like a player like Wembenyama would just add so much value. Like, I think there was reports saying it'd be like hundreds. Of, like I, I don't, I don't even think that matters. You I'm just saying, like, if the Charlotte Hornets get Victor Wembenyama, the Charlotte Hornets would sell. For- the Suns just went for four and a half. The Hornets would go for five. Every single time they're going to go for more. The well, next NFL team that gets sold will go for almost eight. It, it's going to continue to rise because you constantly make a return. In the NFL, you're making $250 million a season before a ticket or sweatshirt is even sold off a TV rights media deal. Mm-hmm. And you say anything to add about the NBA deadline? No, I just enjoyed watching Sean... Uh, rage tweet over the Sixers, but that's about it. Okay. I wish the trade deadline was every day so I could see Sean mad. <laughs> I know. Sean's been, like, double mad. I mean, he was mad last night. He was, like, literally beat red in the face on the bench after the game. That's because I, I was dying. I tried, to, <laughs> I tried to talk to him, and in between heaving breaths, he was like, they wouldn't call a foul. They won't. Uh, the microphone's not in front of you. Nobody can hear I know. you. Okay. Well, Sean, don't worry. You had your time being mad about the Sixers. I'm sure when the trade deadline comes around for the um, MLB and the Yankees don't do anything, I'm going to be mad too. So it's okay. We're in this together. Okay. Something like that. I'm honestly surprised the Cavs didn't do anything. I'm not. They just want to be healthy fully. 
but like if they're fully healthy, they can make a run to the yeah. NBA Finals. I feel like they're just, like they're a veteran piece away. Yeah, I think they are. They I, definitely I are lacking think, experience. I though that they were going to move Kevin Love. Was no he? buyouts coming for that, so he's staying. He's, got, he's still on that big deal, right? Oh, yeah. Kevin Love's made like two hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, he's Cleveland. living. Then he got a ring out of it in twenty sixteen. Yeah, there was a game this year where he, he went off so for thirty one. Yeah, it was like the first game of the year. Yeah, I think. It, it used crazy. to be crazy. Like, I don't think people like remember or value what he did, especially like on the Timberwolves and even his first couple years on the Cavs. Well, like, even when they went and won the finals, he was playing. He was a superstar. Yeah. yeah. Like, people are discredited. He was putting up 20 and 20s before like people were doing it. Not 20. He was putting up like 20 points, 20 rebounds back in the day. Yeah, but, he had a couple 20, 20 games. Yeah. And then another, I, I was kind of not surprised, but um, the Warriors traded James Wiseman, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, he hasn't yeah. really fit there. And but they kept uh, future Orlando Magic guard Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. Well, they just signed him to that big yeah, contract. I'm not, I'm not happy about it still. I mean, I think Jordan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I understand, but I mean, it's the Magic. Like when, well, who was the last big name free agent went to the Magic? <laughs> I just, I, Did free agent sign in Orlando? Like just I, in general? <laughs> that's that's, that's no, why teams like that have go to go a couple hours yeah. south down to Miami. Is I, mean, I mean, but no, like, in complete honestly, I don't even know if I could name you a free agent that signed in Orlando in a while. This, like this, that it was of any kind of value. I don't know any that I, even Miami who you'd think would like free recently. Is really that's why I could think of Jimmy Butler. That. But that was a signing. That trade. was a signing trade. Uh I don't yeah, know. You miss Jimmy Butler, Sean? You traded him. Do you like getting under my skin this early in the morning? <laughs> yeah, you're alive and awake. You know how long a day we got together, everyone. Mm. Yeah, we do have a lot going on. Over me. Yeah. That's not what happened. <laughs> and we've talked about this to an extent. That is not. I'm going to trust the person that was in the room. It's not rather what than the media's perception and what they <laughs> want to what think happened. would happen. I mean, Brett Brown was a mess, though. The Philly media is controlled. What's his name? Who owns the Sixers? Josh Harris. By Josh Harris. Does he own West Bank or one of your bank stadiums? No, he owns he owns the Sixers. He owns the New Jersey Devils, and he's trying to buy the Washington Commanders because he wants he what wants a, a metro he wants a metropolitan sport. Like you would love to have his life. No, I wouldn't. Cap. <laughs> I would not. I would not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your life has got to be terrible if you're Josh Harris owning two professional sports franchises. Yeah, horrible. I'm looking at it. Uh, uh, Tracy.